Hey, On The Clock fans, you're listening to another episode with your hosts Raul Lascano and George Martinez as they square off and tackle all of today's hot topics in sports news, trends, current issues happening locally and nationally, as well as highlighting some of our local student athletes across the Sunshine State. Now, welcome your hosts, Raul Lascano and George Martinez. You're on the clock. We chill outside, wait. We do a hunt on the highway. Thank God for Friday. What's going on on the clock, fans? It's Friday. We time to get rich to this. It's a beautiful Friday. What's going on, George? How you doing, sir? It's Friday, baby. I'm ready to, to party to have a great day. I'm off today, yeah. so I'm. It's, it's. I can't wait. I can't either. There's so much going on on the clock, fans. We got a beautiful full pack Friday show for you. This is something that you're gonna love. Sit back, kick back. We have so much. We have high school sign early signees for college making their commitments that just passed. We're going to hit on those a little bit. We're going to talk about NCAA. we got some big, big football games coming up. Clemson versus Notre Dame, Alabama versus Florida. And at that Alabama-Florida game, we want to dive in a little bit into who will come out the victorious Heisman front runner that will win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, we also have the NFL, which we're going to talk a little bit about Tiki Barber. i got, I got to bring up a little bit of a Tiki for you, George. And then we're going to talk about possible opening jobs at the head coaching position. Some teams that we think that are definitely, definitely on the hot seat. Don't go anywhere. We still got our pickums. It's Friday. Enjoy your day. Let's get on ready. Go. You're on the clock. What's going on, George? Man, a little, little goody mob this morning. December 18th, 2020, you're on the clock with me, myself, Raul Lascano, and George Martinez. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful Friday it is. It's a cold one. It's a little cold out here right now, but what's going on, man? How are you doing, sir? I loved your podcast yesterday. It was it was great, man. You know, the, the, the podcast yesterday, as it always does, predicts a little bit of the future. It does, man. You saw Justin Herbert last night. Yep, I forgot it. to bring it up in the agenda. You're right. That was a good game. Three hundred yards, sneaked it in to to get the game winning touchdown in <sighs> overtime. Yes, and I know you mentioned it while while we were watching the the, the game last night. He's a star in the making. He really is. I mean, have you seen his performance? I wanted this guy. Two was playing great, so maybe I just don't know crap about quarterbacks. But man, I really liked Herbert coming out of college. I thought he'd be all right, man. Yeah, there was a lot of people that kind of crapped on him coming out that he wouldn't fit a pro-style offense, given the fact that he played for Oregon. And again, you've had quarterbacks that have come out of that Oregon system that has not done well, right? Think about Mariota. Mariota played there. Now he's a backup. You think about um, Hennington, quarterback for Oregon that played for Detroit. That was the number one overall pick up for Detroit before. Didn't do well. It's good to see Justin Herbert doing well. I think he's a star in the making. I agree with you. I think he's in the front running now that Joe Burrow got injured, he's got to be up there for rookie of the year. Yeah. Offensive I, player of the I, year. I totally agree, man. He, he definitely has to be up there. I mean, to, to march his team down there in overtime, that's a beautiful 53 yard bomb that he dropped. Oh, it was. And it was all arm, man. We saw it when we, when, you know, at the moment we saw him throw that, we were like, yo, that's all arm. Cause he couldn't get his feet underneath him. You know, he, he took the hit. I mean, he's a, he definitely is a star in the making and, and he's getting better and better every single week. If you guys can catch a Chargers game, watch it because he's getting better and better. What, what do you think about Mariota's performance, though? I, I really, I, I thought he did great stepping in there for Carr, who, if you don't know, Carr stepped out with a groin injury. Mariota comes in there and plays phenomenal. Mariota balled out for, for a guy who hasn't played at all. This guy seemed to, it kept, you know, stepped right in, and, and you you hit it on the head. The chart, the, the Raiders didn't miss a beat at all. Yeah. They look, they look just the same. You know what I mean? I mean, Mariota ran for 88 yards and a mm-hmm. touchdown, threw for 226 and a touchdown. That's a pretty darn good football game if you if you ask me. Yeah, he had the one costly pick there at the very end, yeah. threw a little bit behind the receiver that got picked off. But other than that, the, the guy played a great, great game. When did Derek Carr go out? Was it the second quarter or third quarter? He went out early in the second they're, they're, the Chargers second. were driving, and Derek Carr threw it away. As he threw it away, he pulled his groin, and he was in street clothes the rest of the night, and, and Mariota came in. But to do what he did in two and a half quarters, basically, 
Yeah. That was impressive. It, it really was, man. In two and a half quarters, I, it makes you wonder, you know, is it the system, the quarterback? Because the Raiders, look, like I said, they didn't miss a beat, bro. They didn't miss a single beat. And that's the that's that type of Nick Saban, Alabama. You know, when he had Hurts and Tua, it didn't matter who was in there. You're going to get freaking 60 points put on you. So, good shot. Good big ups to Herbert, man. Good good stuff, man. What about you? What, what else is going on with you, man? Because your podcast, and again, on the clock fans, if you haven't listened to it, you got to listen to this. When we put out the fantasy football stuff, you got if you have a fantasy football team, I don't know where else you would want to go anyway. Like, you don't take your car, you know what I'm saying, to, you know, a salon to get fixed, right? You go to the mechanic, you go to the expert, you go to the specialist. That's what George is, man. So I enjoy your podcast, man. I've made my adjustments. I've won two in a row based off of your opinions, just so you understand. I know I'm in the toilet bowl when it comes to fantasy football <laughs> in our league, but you know what? It's good stuff, man. You 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 hit it right on the head, man. So what else is good? How's family, man? What's, what else is up? Good, man. I know I know. we have some breaking news, you know, some things we got in the works. They want to share the fans during the show. Uh, but other than that, man, things things are going well. Enjoying the offseason before we get into yep. football again when <laughs> January turns around right. and, and we gear back up. But, uh, you know, Christmas is, oh, man, a, a week away. Yeah, it's a week away. Exactly a week away. This is Friday yep. the 18th. It is exactly seven days, man. And then, and then we're you know hopefully leaving twenty twenty one and going into a better oh god twenty one and uh, and not you know you, you hear those TikToks and those memes that says oh round two <laughs> hopefully we don't get one of those God hope not man but you're more than welcome to let the fans know what 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 recently email we got it hasn't fully happened but you know we can give them a sneak peek a sneak preview of what what actually is coming you know what I mean. Yeah, so so we'll break it out to to the fans right now. We're in the final stages of of negotiating with Pandora to move our podcast onto to their platform. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome, man. Yeah, they reached out to us a, a few months ago, um, wanting to get information about our podcast. I mean, the, you know, you guys have seen you know the the things we posted on social media about how well the podcast is done. They reached out. So they somehow got a heard of the podcast um and we've been you know emailing back and forth and just talking about the podcast and what we like to do with it going forward and you know we, we should be on their platform here soon and one of the podcasts is featured on their platform so yeah. i know we're pumped I, I am man i got pandora so i can't wait i can't wait so it's gonna be big man we got some things moving on speaking of big things speaking of of Big news and, and things this past week. Uh, I believe it was Wednesday. Early signing uh, for the commits. High school kids, five-star, four-star athletes signing to the colleges. We had a lot of major kids in the in the Tampa Bay area that signed their contracts or signed their letter of intents. And you know what, man? It, it, was, it was great to see, I don't know, their faces, the expression, the hard work. You know, because there, there's more work coming. Like, that. that's... They can breathe for a little bit right now, but then they got to tighten up come January because you, you got to do it. But um, if you want to, man, it was cool seeing Gage, Gage Wilcox, Florida uh, Gator commit. Uh, we've coached him for two years. It was really great to see him sign his letter of intent. Um, I can't, I can't put into words how great of a young man that guy is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I got the pleasure of meeting him three years ago. For for me. Uh, when I joined the, the staff there and, and Gage has been nothing but uh, a role model as far as what you wanted a football player. He's professional, uh, mentors other kids, the younger classmen, even to make phone calls, right, to, to try to help some of the of the right. freshman kids get recruited and kind of put their name out there and stuff. What, whatever we needed Gage to do, the guy did it. He did. Right. He, he, he had a situation where, you know, this past year, freshman quarterback was at the helm. He was a senior going to Florida, he could have transferred, yeah. right, to go to the school where, you know, they had a more established quarterback, get more targets. He knew we were going to be more of a predominant running team, and he had no problem put his hand in the dirt and bulldozing defensive ends and linebackers. <laughs> week, uh, week in and week out, yeah. On, uh, you know, to, to helping us average, it was like 200 yards a game we, we ran for down the stretch there. So, you know, uh, salute to Gage. But he wasn't the first one. He wasn't the only one. There's a lot of guys in Tampa that signed – this past Wednesday for, for National Signing Day. Now, I'm going to go through them real quick, Raul. Sure, man. Just to kind of give an update to everybody where everybody kind of landed. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and these are some guys that have been on the show 
as well that we always keep tabs on and, and, and like to keep in touch with. So, you know, first, you know, we'll kind of go school by school. We had Gage Wilcox is going to Florida. You head over to Armwood. You had Charles Montgomery and Desmond Watson. They're also both going to Florida. You had the, the, the standout player over at Notre Dame. He plays in the secondary. He's going to Notre Dame which is pretty cool. He was that Bloomingdale kid. Um, he's headed over to Notre Dame, which is, you know, kind of cool to head uh, to that side, of the, that side of the country to go play football. And then you also had, you know, Gaither. Gaither was loaded with athletes across the board. And you had Jordan Young is also headed to Florida. Florida did a phenomenal job recruiting in this right. Tampa They did. Area. They picked up a lot of kids. They must have seen what, what people around here have been seeing for years that – there's a lot of talent here that you can really pull to help your program. You know what I mean? There's at least four, four or five kids that I know of that I'm going to Florida just from this general area. You know, you had Kyle Kelly, who's on the show, son of Kenny Kelly, my Miami Hurricane yeah. legend. There, he's heading to Ball State to play quarterback. There, Ricky Parks is heading over to Utah to go play football zone as well. And then, yeah, some guys that are waiting until February, um, rightfully so. You had Orl- Jordan Oladokun. He's a three, four star guy. He's waiting till till January, February to kind of commit. Um, but you know, it was great to see just the the, the Bay Area do so well. Kadrice Mobley over in Clearwater is head yep. over to USF. Yeah. So shout out to, to to you know that Clearwater program there, putting that young man into that college situation as well. So it was great to see, man. I'm pumped for uh, you guys. And the other one I was I was happy to see was uh, Cam Ranson, uh, quarterback arm for Armwood, go to Georgia Southern. Yeah, uh, you know, yep. fantastic. I mean, th- th- these kids put in a lot of work, and we could compete day in and day out against each other. You know, coaches, we can talk crap behind each other's back, whatever. But for for every single school, I think every single coach is always happy that they were able to get a kid to college, get them out of a situation. You know what I mean? Because a lot of kids ain't winning at home, but they 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 put in the work, they did what they're supposed to do, and they and get to move on. And again, everybody don't get disappointed. Like I know people kind of like not rag, but they, they, they don't understand how this works. This is an early signing day. There's another right. signing day coming. You know what I mean? And everybody's path, which is a national signing day. That's the national signing day. Right. That's right. when everybody does it. Exactly. This one is usually, you know, your guys have been committed for a while already. Like Mike Trigg, that's over at Carewood day school. He's been committed to USC for a long time. Right. Yeah. Desmond Mamoudi also Carewood day. He's in a Virginia tech. So yeah. you're going to see him. A couple times, you had our guy Borgales, the kicker yeah. down in, in Miami. He's officially going to Miami. Yeah, my one guy, top rated, one of the top rated kickers in the country. Same thing with there, uh, but, Leonard Taylor. Uh, Leonard Taylor as well is going to Miami. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, you know, and, and talk about the recruiting class overall. I mean, Miami cleaned up. Oh, listen to me. I, didn't, I, I wasn't trying to brag uh-huh. a little bit, but I was like, yeah, we did okay. You know, we did good too. But you know, there was other teams, and I don't know if you. If you got to see it, but they're like Ole Miss racked up. I, don't, I know that sounds crazy to say that, but like Ole Miss, I'm not. I'm not because their head coach, right? He does a phenomenal job recruiting. I mean, he he's that kind of he's an Alabama guy. Yep he he must come in helicopters too, like Saban does. Well. <laughs> he must, you know, because if you guys don't know, Nick Saban travels in in a helicopter <laughs> to to go talk to his uh, possible. Uh, Draft or not draft picks, but possible prospects to come to their college, which is pretty cool. Him and Kirby Smart do it, but yeah, Ole Miss had a good had a good signing day. USC had a good signing day, like you just mentioned, Mike Trigg. Who else? Did, uh, the Crimson Tide. I don't know if you know this. Alabama had the number one uh, ranked class heading into signing day. Right? You're gonna laugh at this, man. They had 17 of ESPN's 300 ESPN 300 commitments and three five stars coming into the day. Alabama led all day long. You know what I mean? It's Alabama. It's <sighs> Alabama. It's crazy, though. It's a machine. They don't rebuild. They just reload. They literally, it's like an old Western movie where you see the guy just open up the, the six-shooter, the Colt, <laughs> and just keep reloading the bullets, and they're like, we're, we're just going to keep doing this to you. And God forbid if he went and found another Derrick Henry. Jesus. Well, they, I mean, every time, they, they find a way. They did it, and, and I know this is going to sound on a smaller scale, not to downplay anything. I don't, I don't want anybody saying that. Jackson State uh, Tigers, where Deion Sanders is is the new head coach, he had a decent day as well. He had a great day. He had a great day. He, I know yeah. he flipped He flipped a couple of uh, University of Florida recruits over. And, you know, that's huge. When, when you're building a program and, and a lot of people, you know, it's a sexy name with Deion Sanders being there. Right. 
but he's, he's doing a great thing for that sector of college football right now. And you're seeing guys gravitate towards it. Now what's going to be important for them, right. Is how many of those young men go into the NFL, right? That's going to be the next because they're going to recruit. Well, Deion Sanders, when, think about it. If you're a parent, you're a father right. and Deion Sanders sitting in your living room telling your son and telling you, you should bring your son over to, to his school. How do you say no to that guy? Oh, I, I agreed. What do you tell Dion? Because Dion, even just listening to Dion talk, you're like, I love this guy. Right. You know what I mean? He's a player. So he's going to recruit well. I think he's going to recruit extremely well. Now, does it translate to wins? And then does it translate to kids getting into the NFL? Because again, if he does that and he creates that bridge, watch out. Right. Watch out. Right. Because I'll, I'll go down the list real quick. I don't want to spend too long, but I, I'm going to go down the list on, on kids. If you haven't seen these, he's got. Uh, you know, of course, his son coming in there. Both his both his sons actually going to Jackson State. Uh, he has a. Let me see here. I'm scrolling down, taking a look. He's got another four star, Deshaun Warren, a cornerback. I oh, mean, he's got like five or six three stars here, which is amazing. You know what I mean? Like this, he he raked up. He did really good, man. Miami, going back to Miami. Have you ever heard of Jake Garcia? Have you ever heard of who that guy is by any chance? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard a little bit about him. Yeah, man, he's. I think he's gonna have a great day. He's from Grayson High School. Uh, he's a pocket passer type guy, a little different than what we have from Derek King, but he'll be able to come compete. If Derek King cannot, if he chooses to go to the NFL instead of returning, he's a guy that could come in and compete right away. You know what I mean? Um, at 6'3", he has a really good arm. I did my research on him. He, he did really good in that damn Miami team. I don't know how your Florida team did, but that Miami team, Jesus, they went crazy. Florida, had, I think they had like a number six recruiting class they had 13 of their espn 300 commits commit to them um and but again your or, guys load up coming just from tampa just from tampa yeah. <laughs> the guys we just talked about <laughs> you're right they, they and you're right and from florida in general because they got a couple guys from i believe it was jacksonville two guys that were up there that are, are, are one's a receiver another one's a tight end they're also coming there fort myers lakeland they really racked up in this this little area here jordan young we forgot about jordan young did you mention him I didn't. I yep. didn't from Junior. So yeah, there's a lot there. of there's a lot of four or five star guys that they got. So I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting in the next couple of years with college football. But we, you know, for me and you, congrats to these kids that spent the four years grinding this out. You know what I mean? Because it's not easy being a student athlete, especially nowadays with social it's media. Not. It's, not. it's not easy, man. You you can get pulled in real quick. So congrats. I wish you guys the best. Um, if you guys ever find yourself Having to play against the Hurricanes, listen, ease up. I understand. Don't <laughs> don't kill us too much. Uh, but congrats to them, man. Uh, I want to go, in, speaking of going into college, there's some major games going on, George. Huge playoff impl- implication games going on this week. Heisman Trophy games that determine who becomes a frontrunner. Um, first, let's talk about the team that I love to hate. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about the Fighting Irish, Okay. And when I say that, just understand, it's just competitiveness. I like I don't really come around here worshiping that they lose every game, but I do hope they do. So anyway, Clemson gets their gets a little bit of their gets to try to get their bike back. If you never heard of that, your bike that's B K Y E bike back. It's not B I K E. They get their bike back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they get their bike back from Notre Dame, but this time they're with the six six. Viking quarterback god that is Trevor Lawrence. What do you got going on with that game? So this game ended in overtime. <laughs> yes, it did. With several laterals happening and prayers by Clemson. Yes. Without the Viking, without Trevor Lawrence playing in this game. Right. So I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Clemson's going to beat the crap of Notre Dame this time. I think so too, man. I think Trevor's pumped. You think Notre Dame's going to be able to run the ball on them like they were last time? I don't think so. Clemson's a 10-point favorite. And think <sighs> about that for a second. Think about that for a second. A 10-point favorite against a team they previously lost to yes. in overtime. You would think Notre Dame would be favored here, even even slightly. You know, they're, they're considered the home team in this situation. and. They're a 10-point underdog. So 
I yeah. kind of tells you what Vegas thinks about it. Yeah. Um, I think I think for me, Trevor Lawrence wins this game. He's going to win the Heisman. Wow. Yeah. I, I think he becomes a front runner immediately in the situation. Uh, yeah, they know the playoffs are going to matter a little bit. Now, the question I got for you is, A, obviously, who are you going to pick? Okay. It's part of our picking for the week, so yes, I'm taking Clemson. I am, too. I don't see a situation where you pick Notre Dame, considering how much ever, you dislike them. Ever. <laughs> they could be playing a small junior college. I'm still not going to pick them. So, if, if in the event Notre yeah. Dame does beat Clemson for the second time, is Clemson out of the college football playoff as a two-loss non they didn't win their conference team nope they'll still be in there some way somehow they'll still be in there either they're number three or number four they'll still be in there Notre Dame will jump to one if they can beat Clemson yeah look man it is what it is I don't I don't the way this college football thing laid out I told you this in an earlier podcast in earlier in the seasons, I do not believe, and I, I know power of schedule. I understand how it's all calculated, but I don't believe in in like a number, you know, five win team of Ohio State being already considered for the playoffs. Rules changing for them when you got like eleven and one Texas A M waiting to get in. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's teams that that kind of deserve to, to play. You know what I mean? Um, the and again, I know their schedules aren't the best of competition. I get that. But no, nah, Clemson. I think Clemson stays, man. I think Clemson beats Notre Dame by a lot. I think they beat them like they stole something. Um, because again, Clemson played with a freshman quarterback who Notre Dame were able to rattle and confuse a little bit with coverages. And then Clemson didn't really run the ball that very well. They they did good, but they didn't do as well. Um, and that's coming from a couple times when Trevor knows when to pull the ball out. Kind of like what we saw with Mariota, knowing when to pull out and get some yards if he has to. So. I got Clemson winning. I don't think Notre Dame gets her second game. But if they do, I will respect them. I'm going to put that out there right now. I'll okay. Give, I'll That's give them some fair. respect for, for, for doing that twice. To dabble with Trevor Lawrence now. Especially with Trevor Lawrence now. Because with that, whether we want to believe it or not, you know, Trevor, <laughs> Trevor does not play defense. So them being able to score, you still got to stop Notre Dame. That's true. Which I'm interested to see, but. We'll see, man. If they're able to hang with them, play with them, and this is a good ball game, yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence wins the Heisman. But if they're able to beat them, I don't think they fall down that much because that means Notre Dame's that much real, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does. Now, going to the the other big game of the weekend, Yeah, you got the SEC Championship game. You got Alabama and Florida. Yeah. Alabama's a 17-point favorite. We saw... Florida lose in that debacle game with the shoe throwing personal foul oh, against LSU. Does Florida even have a chance? This is now this is a great Heisman game for two quarterbacks, uh, Kyle Trask and and Matt Jones. I think this is a great game for both of them. We talked about Trevor Lawrence and Notre Dame, but you can legit make an argument that one of these quarterbacks should be the Heisman Trophy winner if they beat each other. I think Alabama beats them by a lot. I'm going to be honest with you. Alabama has one hell of a running game. You guys have a great offense at Florida, but the best way not to keep an offense on the field is to what? Run the ball, control the the clock. So, and Alabama's been able to do that year in and year out. Um, I go with Alabama by, by the point spread. Ooh, by 17. by 17. Yeah, the, the Gators are not known for playing defense this year. Right. They have not played defense very well at all. And you're going against a team that's very well coached, is going to find the weaknesses and exploit them at a very high level. Right. Uh, Floyd is going to score points. Trash is going to keep them in. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, I think Alabama wins the game. Now, here's, here's a question I got for you. Let's say miracle happens. Right. And Florida upsets Alabama. Right. Does Florida get into the college football playoffs? If they don't, it's rigged. If they Who do, are going to jump? Because th- that means they would have to. And so think about it. They would have to jump. I, mean, I, I know we neither one of us like Ohio State, but 
they would have to jump Ohio State, the right. Big Ten champion, and they would have to jump potentially. I mean, we got Oklahoma and Iowa State for the Big 12 championship. Iowa State is six. They would have to jump those two and Texas A&M, who's fifth, that beat Florida early mm-hmm. on in the year yep. to make it as a four seed. Yeah, you're talking about Georgia. beat the number one team in the country. Yep. I get it. But to jump three spots? Uh, but an argument can those, be made. those other teams all win? Well, then, then how does Ohio State still be considered for the playoff? How, do they, how are they considered number five? Like, that's what I'm saying. You co- this college committee is kind of rigged. If we're on the committee, no, if Florida beats Alabama, they don't jump up three spots in our minds. But with these guys on the committee, I solely think it's based off of fan base and what can get the biggest revenue. I don't think they care. I think they would want to see a number. Let's say, and let's say the teams win. Let's let's go with your three. Notre Dame beats Clemson, Florida beats Alabama, right? Well, then it's Notre Dame one, Florida three, or I'm sorry, Notre Dame one, uh, Clemson would be four, four, Alabama three. You fight for that two spot. Well, you want, well, mine's would be a little, a little different. Yeah, because I would go Notre Dame one. I think Alabama only drops one spot Maybe. in there, too. Yeah. And then I think Ohio State moves up to three. And then at I think five games, at and that's four. what sucks, man, at five games. But I also but I also think, you know, and I was talking to the wife about the circus. Her and I were having this conversation also. People don't want to see Notre Dame and Clemson for the third time right. in the first round of the playoffs. Right. So in a situation where – Either way, Notre Dame wins, Clemson wins. The way the bracket's going to work is they're going to be on different ends where the only way they play each other is in a national championship game. Right. I think they're both in regardless, in my opinion. They're both going to be in regardless. So, And Alabama's going to be in regardless. Right. I think it's that one spot that you got Ohio State, you got Iowa State, and right. Florida, if they pull the upset, are fighting for and, but all good stuff, man. They, you can make this argument. We're going to see. If you beat Alabama, you deserve to be in there. I'm sorry, and, and, and not call it a fluke type deal. Because that's what people do. Ah, it's a fluke. They lost to Texas A&M, but they could beat Alabama. Them. Styles makes fights, man. That's true. Styles makes fights. So we'll see. But I do think Clemson beats Notre Dame. I think Alabama beats them. I think everybody wants to see another Clemson versus Alabama I game. Think so too. I would love to see some new blood in there, but... These are two dominant college programs, man. How do you, how do they not, how do you not let them compete against each other? Like that's, you know what I mean? I would love to see see that, how they go. So you, let me get, let me make sure I heard this right. You have Bama and you got Clemson, correct? That's, that's correct. Got you. And what about your Iowa State and Oklahoma game? That, that might be, a, that's going to look like to be a good game too, man. Yeah, I'm going with the upset. Yeah, who you got? I think people are going to go with Iowa State because they're ranked six. They're doing well. I'm a big fan of Oklahoma, man. I love Lincoln Riley. I love his offense. I'm a big fan of his. I actually study it quite a bit. I'm I'm going with Oklahoma. Not wrong there. I love Lincoln Riley, man. I love him too, man. I think he's going to be able to pull. I think he's going to pull out that GT counter that he loves to play. Oh yeah. I think he's going to be able to run that all freaking day on these guys. Uh, Iowa State has definitely has their handful, but again, if they beat them, I hope they jump up a few spots, get a good bowl game, because you deserve it. If you play, if you beat one of these big teams, you deserve it. Now, let me give you a scenario, sure, because you know it is twenty twenty. <sighs> anything can happen. And, <laughs> anything can happen. Right. Let's hypothetically throw out the worst case scenario for this playoff committee. Okay, here's the worst case scenario: Notre Dame beats Clemson. Florida beats Alabama. Oh, wow. And Iowa State beats Oklahoma. Yeah. Let's say Ohio State wins also. Let's say Ohio State wins also. Okay. Right. So now you have Iowa State as a champion of their conference. Yep. Right. You have Ohio State as a champion of their conference. Yep. You have Notre Dame as a champion of their conference. Yep. You got Alabama that lost to Florida. You got Clemson and lost to Notre Dame. Who who's your four then? In that situation, if that were to happen, which is a worst case scenario for these voters, 
and these in this committee, what do you do? Because that's a that's a a mess. It would be a mess. I mean, would, is it fair to say Texas A&M will definitely get a fourth spot? I don't know. They didn't win. That, they didn't win any conference champion. That's true too. And then there's that. I think they stay at five. They can't go anywhere. Yeah, they've, they've met their ceiling. Who, who do you bring in? Listen, the college committee. If that was to happen, they will find who has the biggest fan base, and that's who gets in. <laughs> that's who gets in. That's who's going to give. That's how the revenue is going to go up. That's who's going to buy the t-shirts. That's who's going to get so, you know the mugs and all that stuff. So I, I, I'm gonna push your your revenue to a different direction because I'm gonna say who has the biggest stadium capacity allowable. Oh, that's that a great question. Your revenue. That's exactly it, right? Who has fans allowed right. at their stadiums that we can play these games at? Yeah, Florida in Gainesville. There's no shutdown here. <laughs> yeah, right. There's no shutdown and here, and we'll, we'll allow 3,700 fans to be there. You know what I mean? That's part of the rules around here. Um. But yeah, I think that I think they get in. The, it's going to be an interesting college. I, I'm more interested in in who's going to win this Heisman um, out of Alabama and, and Florida and even Clemson because three good quarterbacks, Ohio State quarterback. I think Justin Field is still amazing. You know, you won your five games, yeah, but bro, he's he's an amazing, amazing quarterback. I really like Justin Field a lot, man. So, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see who who shows up, who has the best run game, and, and those are the guys that usually last the longest. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, speaking of run game, I want to ask you something, and, and we'll just touch on this briefly. Can you please elaborate on what the freak is going on with Tiki Barber? Did you see your guy on, on Good Morning America? Ooh, don't call him my guy. My guy's Rondé. <laughs> I forgot. He was a giant. You like Rondé. Yeah, I like Rondé. He's a Bucks guy. Unless Tiki took a couple, you know, few shots Shots to the head head here. He shows up (laughs) on Good Morning America in these literally thigh-high red boots. And apparently it's for a role that he's doing on Broadway. So he just brought him out to, you know, kind of kid around or whatever. Do you think it was for Broadway or this? Is Tiki letting us know something? I think Tiki is letting us know something. No, you think it's Broadway. Don't say. <laughs> no. I just don't know why you go on national television with thigh high red boots. You don't do that unless you're trying to make a statement, man. Do you know how confident of a man you have to be? Oh, absolutely. I don't have that these confidence. Are, these, are, these are high heels all the way up to the to the mid thigh groin area. Yeah, you modeled them and everything. These are legit. I'm not doing that. I don't I don't think I would I mean, how much is Broadway paying him compared to being on Good Morning America? Good Morning America. Like, I'm not wearing those high freaking red boots. I'm not doing any of that stuff. That's that's insane. You know what I mean? But that's crazy. Tom Coughlin knew how to uh, take care of him, so maybe, maybe. Who knows? I hope my guy doesn't have C. Was it CTE? God, I hope he's. I hope he's okay, man. That's that's a little bit much. If you haven't seen, just just. Hop on over on any freaking Google or search engine on the internet and type up Tiki Barber and red freaking boots. And again, I'm no, they said it's a role that he's doing on um, Broadway, but whatever. That's a, that's a lot of confidence. Speaking of confidence, I am not confident in a lot of these head coaches' jobs that are going to be popping up here. We got some of NFL's best and worst potential head coaching openings. Uh, I kind of want to go through it with you, George, a little bit here. Where do you have them ranked? Where do you think they're going to be part of? What what kind of implications, you know, are going to happen? Starting with the Chicago Bears. What do you think? Will there be a Fired. job? Yeah. He, at six and seven, you would think so. At six and seven. Because over the next three weeks, the Bears, I mean, they could actually run the table if you think about it, right? Into the playoffs or lose to it. Like, they... They can do some, but regardless, I think they're just going to, I think they're going to leave. I think they, I think they fire the guy. Um, I think the, the Trubisky, Nick Foles experiment is over. So is the head coach experiment. Exactly. And, and who's the, uh, do you know the GM's name by any chance? Do you know, I think it's Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace. I think He's something fired like that. too. Yeah. I don't know. Mitch Trubisky, I don't, that was a, that's a crazy call. He be, I mean, he got some good guys. Allen Robinson, I like him as a wide receiver. He didn't do bad. Uh, staying over here, Detroit Lions that are five and eight. I think there's an opening job there. 
Yeah, there currently is. I saw, uh, I was reading that Lewis Riddick, he's mm. the guy that works on ESPN. Yeah. He's been a GM before he uh, he interviewed for, for the gig there. Um, I think it'd be a great fit. Yeah, I think there. it'd be a, well. I think so too, man. And and it's hard, to, you know, people don't listen to this. Show. I don't know if people don't think we know what we're talking about, but we do. Um, five and eight, how do you turn that program around? Because at this point now, if you get a new coach, new GM, you kind of got to get rid of Matt Stafford. Do you think so? It, has Matt Stafford reached that limit where we're done with this experience as well? I don't think so. I, mean, I think you can bring in, you know, first of all, I don't know why they got rid of Caldwell. Right. He was going 9-7. and seven. He was contending in the division, was taking the team to the playoffs. However, um, no, because I think you have some some pieces on offense that you can definitely work with. DeAndre Swift did a good job coming on late. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, they have pieces around. And I don't think the offense is the issue. I think defensively is their problem. They haven't drafted well in the past couple of years, which led to their inability to stop people. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. And Stafford's throwing the ball, you know, 50 times a game. And there's just not the winning formula. We know that. You, you got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to throw it a little bit, play a little play-action pass. And they just – can't do that right now. So I think whatever coach to kind of bring in, I think will be a defensive minded right. coach that can draft well and, and get some pieces around them defensively. Right. And, and, and pro, some of the pros and cons, I mean, the, the, obviously the pros, if you can keep Matthew Stafford, that's great. But, but from what I was reading, what I was learning, the Detroit Lions do not have cap space to keep him. You know what I mean? So, the, and then they don't have enough to go get weapons for have a core talent around him. They just want, I think Kenny, uh, was it Kenny Galladay? I think he's a, a very, how can I say it, uh, hidden gem type of guy. Like, he's a great wide receiver. Uh, but he becomes a free agent after the season. So, you now you got, how do you keep the core around him? It's going to be, it's kind of a hot mess down there in, in Detroit, or up there in Detroit. Um, so, we'll see how that goes. For you Detroit fans that listen to the show, don't be mad at us. We're just stating out the obvious. Uh, Denver Broncos is another one. They have a lot of young talent, but they don't have cap space. Well, I think they do have cap space. They have cap space. Um, some of the cons, quarterback, tough division, ownership, uncertainty. Like, that's what happens. John Elway, for whatever reason, can't get this together. And I, I'm, I'm willing to say, after this season, this is officially the Tebow curse happening to you. Because you mess, <laughs> because, because you mess with one of God's angels... This is what's happening to you. And until you make yeah. that right, he's not going to let you get right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think ownership there, you know, with him being the GM there, I think that's a problem. He hasn't done well since yeah. he's been there. You know, now you find him trading for older guys. They got Melvin Gordon in a trade. You know, again, you know, Judy, Jared Judy did well his rookie year. Right. Uh, that he kind of fell to them in the draft. I don't think Locke is the answer for them at quarterback, but he's tried a combination of he's tried bringing in Flacco. He's tried bringing in some other guys that just really haven't done anything. Um, that quarterback, especially he played quarterback. Yeah. You would right. think he knows what that looks like. And he's kind of struck out and missed a couple of times. He, he really has been. Situation, so. He has. He, he really has. Uh, one of the other teams that, I, that are now that we're really going down the toilet is the Philadelphia Eagles at 4-8-1. and one. You got Jalen Hurst, who's now stepping up. So some of the pros is, is a quarterback. I, it is an extremely easy division that they're in this year. Um, I think the, their entire division is still trying to find their way and maybe be two years away from somebody dominating that division. But um, they do have good ownership. Uh, I will say that. Um, good people in the front offense. The other thing is... is, is the quarterback issue, you know, um, Hurts will be the man going forward. What do you do with Carson Wentz? Where does he go? And and who picks up the bill? Because I think he just stays. I don't think he leaves. You know what I mean? I think he stays there. Well, yeah, because it's hard to find someone who's going to pick up $50 million in guaranteed money. He's going to be the most expensive backup quarterback in league history. Yeah. You know so, I mean? but I think, I think Pearson gets one more year. Right. Because um, he drafted Hurts. So we'll see how that kind of tra- uh, unfolds this year. I, I do think Wentz gets traded somehow, and I think it's a partial kind of it, – it, it'll be a creative deal where the Eagles are going to pay half of it 
to yeah. trade him away, and the other team absorbs just half. That that's the only way you're going to make the deal worth it. To I don't, anybody I don't even think that. I don't even think they can pick up that bill, man. I really don't think. I mean, you got Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, right? Um, probably a few other players. Without, they don't have any replacement money. You know what I mean? Like how, the Eagles is a mess. It's a mess. They are a mess. Doug Peterson, who was, you know, revered as one of the best offensive minds, going into that Super Bowl with Nick Foles running the Philly special, all that stuff, installing those plays. He has a he has a huge task in front of him. I know he'll get through it. He's a tough man, but I don't know, man. The rebuilding of the Philadelphia Eagles. If that's your your. You you got to take a big chances on a lot of pieces, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then finally, the, the the final two teams, obviously, we're gonna we'll just touch on is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe that's a head coaching job that's open. Fired. Yeah, and the New York Jets. Like those are like the Fired. obvious. The one that the one that I'm surprised that I think will happen, but I'm not sure. Atlanta Falcons and Houston Texans. Like those well, Atlanta two. Falcons is open. They already fired their guy. Right, they're fired, man. You got the interim, yeah. I don't think Raheem will keep the job. I think he's just there until the season ends. Right. So they're definitely going to be in a, in a new head coach situation. Who was the other team? Uh, the other team I said was Houston Texans. Yeah, and they're in the same situation, too. They're ready to fire their guy. Right. Uh, Lewis uh, Riddick also interviewed for that gig. Which I think he'd be a great fit for. I think he'd do, he would be able to do great things for a guy like Deshaun Watson and get great pieces around him. But it'll take a while because Bill O'Brien did a great job of getting rid of all the other draft picks and all their good players for right. nothing. So. Do you think at any of these teams, any of these teams, the offensive play caller that's over at the Chiefs, you think he can sit there? Eric can make Absolutely. a. He could play. He could coach any of these guys, right? Build up a roster. Give him the legit Eric, two years. If I'm Eric, let's say Lewis Reddick does get the job at Houston, right? I think he goes to Houston with him. To me, that's the most attractive job out there because right. you got a guy like Deshaun Watson who's in his prime, right? So of all the teams you mentioned. Only one of them has a quarterback in his prime. Unless you're going to go to the Jets and get the first overall pick, and then you get to pick whatever quarterback you want. But right. it's not the Jets, which, again, Jets, they don't have a good ownership structure. GM is a mess. Like, that organization is a mess. Right, right, right. And so I'm weary of him going there. But either the Jets or the Texans, I think, would be a fit for him because he gets to pick his quarterback, or you get a guy like Deshaun Watson that you can – have fun with, especially, you know, with you just getting done coaching Patrick Mahomes for the years you have. Right. And the number one job we just saw them, you know, play last night is the Los Angeles Chargers. They are at 4-9. Um, and people are starting to think that they're possibly cursed. Fired. <laughs> yeah, Fired. But the, the vision, watching them play they last night, they played well. You know what I mean? But he he needs a couple more pieces because they're young. They're a young core group, man. They're not, they're not very um, – I gotta say they don't have a lot of experience over there whatsoever. So the expectation level is not high. It's gonna be very low for these young guys. Do you think the 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 coach will get another year because of that, or do you fire him and let him go? No, I think you fire him and let him go. And here's why. Okay, you've lost three games when you've led by 17 points or more. Mm. You know how hard it is to lose three games when you're up by 17 points. Oh, you, you purposely got to be not on the field. <laughs> basically. <laughs> so to me, that comes down to coaching. That comes down to managing the clock, understanding the situation. Right. And he's shown that his staff and him aren't able to do that. Right. They got, when they played the Patriots, right. It's one of those battles of great coaching versus coaching. We don't know yet. They got their brakes beat off of them. 45 mm. to three. Right. Cause they got out coached. You can arguably say that the Chargers have better talent than the Patriots do right now. Yeah. And they got destroyed. That's coaching. Right. That got exposed at a, at a different level. So I think that's not a good fit for me there. I think the Chargers should have an opening. Yeah, because I'm reading here now that Anthony Lynn, who is, he's actually 30 and 31 in the four seasons that he coached with the Chargers. You know what I mean? And this is where you can see the pat on the wall. I, as a GM owner, I'm only giving a guy two years. If he can't get this thing in two years, kicking where I need it to be, he's going to go to. And I'm going to keep finding somebody for every two years if I have to because winning is the most important thing in the NFL. So those are a couple of the teams that, that I thought we run through. If you don't mind, speaking of staying in the NFL, let's go ahead and finish our pickums that are in the NFL. These are the NFL okay. pickums that we're going to have this week. 
and there's a lot of good games. Uh, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave one of them um, since it's it's your team, and they just coming off a bye week. Let's talk about the Bears and the Vikings. What do you think about that game? Who do you have? So the Vikings are taking on the Bears. It's one of those old rivalry games. Right. But there's a guy named Dalvin Cook that plays for the Vikings. I got to see him personally last week when he ran <laughs> for damn near 100 yards against the Bucks in the first half. Right. Um, Chicago has a great defense. I think the Vikings still win. I like the Vikings this week. Not bad, man. I like the Bears for this week. Um, Ooh, yeah. Nathan Trubisky. Get, oh, which, by the way, do you know? Fun fact, because we're about to talk about Mitch Trubisky. Do you know he has as many, as many wins as Sean Watson has? No, I did not know that. Makes you wonder. Four wins, yeah. And, and you know what? Does, no, no, no. Overall, in their career since being drafted, they got drafted the same year. Deshaun Watson and Trubisky have the same number of career wins. Or Mitch Trubisky has more wins than Deshaun Watson does now. That's crazy to even think about that. That's nuts, man. Wow. But yeah, we've labeled but Trubisky yeah, as a bust. Yeah, he, everybody has. Everybody's told him that he, he can't play football here, and he's still trying to do it. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to go with, with the defense. I believe in Cleo Mack stopping that run. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Next one we got is Chiefs. Versus Saints, that's a huge game. Still no Drew Brees. Still got 13 of those ribs fractured or messed up or whatever he's doing. So who do you have, Chiefs or the Saints? Or should I even ask this question? It shouldn't question you shouldn't ask. Okay. Because I'm taking the Chiefs. If I can take the Chiefs by 6.5, I take them by 6.5. They're a 3.5-point favorite. But here's something I'm going to tell you. You know, earlier I put you on game, and I told you that the Steelers were overrated. Right, it took you a couple weeks to believe me. You did, yeah. Here's the next thing. I think the Saints are overrated. Oh, boy, it's out there now. You can't take that back. I can't take it back. It's immediately edited. Words hurt, buddy. They have they have a great defense. Their defense is, you know, one of the, t- the top defense in the NFL. Right. And that's carries in the playoffs, and I get that. However, people, the Eagles figured out the Saints offense. <laughs> yeah. And they shut them down. Right, it's important for Drew Brees to come back. But when Drew Brees comes back, how mobile, how sturdy is he going to be in the pocket? Yeah, is he going to have? Is he going to start throwing the ball earlier to avoid getting hit, which now kind of takes away a little bit of who the Saints really are. Right. I think the Saints are in trouble. I think they're going to have a first round exit if they don't get a bye week. Wow, I'm, I'm telling you right now. I didn't get a. I think that's going to be it's 2020, man. <laughs> I think right. that's going to be an upset in the playoffs, first round. The Saints are going to lose, but I, as far as this game, I think the Chiefs win easy, easy. easy. Yeah, we said it at the same time, like we know each other. Yep, it's it's easy. Uh, Dolphins versus the Patriots division game. Second, uh, I believe it's the second game that they're playing. Who do you have winning? Two has been playing pretty good, man. I do, and. You know, that's the face of a man that's going to go opposite of two. That's the face <laughs> of a man that's going to go opposite. And give me a reason why you're going to do it. But go ahead. I love to. Uh, I don't think they have a running game. I've said this before. Um, I think that limits to his effect. And, and it's Bill Belichick. I think they find a way to outcoach, you know, Flores. Even though Flores is a smart guy and he's outcoached a lot of people so far in his earliest career. Uh, I think in this one here, Cam Newton just does enough to get them to win. It's a close one. I think it's a field goal kind of game, but I think the Patriots pull it off. Nice, man. I will say that Bill Belichick has a way of, of creating havoc and chaos to young rookie quarterbacks where they, when they go home after the game, whether it's a win or loss, have nightmares of Bill Belichick in his sweater hoodie, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> across the sideline, of course. Um, I love my Dolphins in this one, man. I'm, I'm going to go with the Dolphins, bro. I'm going to stay with I'm gonna stay with my guys. This is a pick from the heart, not a pick from logic, just so you understand that. I understand. <laughs> and the last game, the good game, the Tampa in the Tampa Bay area, um, a lot of people, after they won last week, they were like, or the two weeks ago, they were like, oh, our Bucks are back. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't think your Bucks are back. But your Bucks have the Atlanta Falcons, who, for whatever reason, plays you guys tough, tough every year, despite what might be going on in Atlanta. I know who you're going to pick. 
I understand that, but give us a little insight on why. The Falcons have no defense. And the Bucks are just going to I was waiting score. for you to say that. Yeah, it's pretty much score. story over. Yeah, just close the book. That's it. <laughs> they don't have a defense. Um, Gurley's been struggling the last couple of weeks to run the ball. The yeah. Bucks are great against against a run. And Julio Jones is not playing. Julio Jones has been the Buccaneer killer. He has, if, for as long as I've known Julio Jones with the Falcons, he has abused Vernon Hargraves. <laughs> Any DB that's lined up against him, he is abused for the Bucks. But he's not playing this week. The reason why the Bucks are going to win is because Gurley can't run the ball and Julio Jones is not playing. Yeah, that leaves you with Matt Ryan not doing anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, I still think Ridley does well, and I think Russell Gage has a decent game as well. Uh, but I don't think, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, 34-21 Bucks win for right. me. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Falcons. Oh, I knew you were going to do it. You, you got to catch up. You're down by a lot of games. I, I, I got to take them where I can. Like I said, I'm I'm hoping that you guys come off the bye looking sloppy. I'm hoping you guys come off the ball off the bye. Oh, I'm not side the bye. I'm sorry. Come off, come off this weekend, just sluggish. I, I don't know what it is about you guys, but you guys don't play well in the first half for whatever reason. You've mentioned that a hundred times on the show. We, we play terrible in the first quarter. Atlanta then- is a first half team. They're just not a second-half team to finish <laughs> up. But you guys play great in second half. I think that'll be a good football game. I think Atlanta pulls it out because it's a must-win for these guys because we just went down the list. The coach is on the hot seat. He's got to figure out a way to fire his guys up and, and get a win somewhere along the way. I hope the Falcons – I think the Falcons pull it out by 10 or less. Wow. That's that's my my theory. And, of course – yeah, well, a lot of people are going to front me after I say that. <laughs> I live in Tampa, and I never picked the Bucks. Um, not that I don't like them, not that I don't love them, but they might just get his job here a little bit. Your, your Bucks might just get out of here just a little bit. We will see. Uh, but, George, man, that's all the time we have, man. That's all the time we got. I know it went by pretty quick for me. I don't know about you. Um, but, listen, everybody that's out there, look, have a great weekend. Be safe shopping in the stores. Be patient. It's a lot of crazy people out here. Everybody just got paid today, so just be careful. Don't do nothing. Don't do nothing that uh, is going to cost you to 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 be on the holidays off of Orient Road in a jailhouse somewhere. Okay, just do your job. Get home. Get be safe. All right. Wear your mask. All right, guys. If you enjoyed today's podcast, go ahead and hit follow, subscribe. It's free. Uh, visit our Facebook group and join the debate at uh, OTC Sports Talk. Visit our website, otcsportstalk.com. Send us an email, questions, concerns, or you want to join the show on the clock 20 at gmail.com. Until next time, you're on the clock. <laughs>